Jeez, the Triple H, Haim, Haimo, or Hammer, romping whatever we, we want to call him. I call I'm him romping, romping wins. I'm just sick of him. I'm sick of him. I'm so sick of him. And he's just being, I feel like I'm being raped by him because he's being forced onto me everywhere I go. When I watch Friday Night Football, he's there doing these awful, god-awful painful interviews with the Kick kids at halftime. When I watched the Anzac Day game yesterday, he's the one doing the post-game ceremony. Anytime there's any interviews or anything with players during the week, it seems like Hamish McLaughlin's the master of ceremonies. He's fucking rubbish. He has no personality, no skills, other than a brother who's, you know, CEO He's, of the AFL. He has one skill, it's called nepotism. Yeah, exactly. That's all he has going for him. And... The worst thing is, with Dennis and Bruce now slowly being phased out, he seems to be the next generation. Actually, no, there's a little bit of good news on that front. Jason Bennett's back in the picture. Oh, well, that's something at least. And I suspect that he will become part of the Channel 7 picture very soon. Yeah. He's apparently been doing the VFL over there and doing it very well. There's still too much haymo, though. Yeah, I know. I mean, Mark Reddings probably deserves a better go. His yeah. biggest problem is probably that he's affiliated with yeah, Channel 9. exactly. But, I mean, any time that we, we... Yeah, see, William's heard that we're abusing Hamer and decided to come in and join in the conversation. Yeah. But, I mean, all, all, he, all I heard during the, uh, the Hawthorne-Geelong game this, this year was... Was Hammer just going on? Geelong just don't get thrashed like this. Sydney beat them by a hundred plus points last year. Yeah, like it, it happens. Details. Just because you don't know anything about the game doesn't yeah. mean you don't have to. It doesn't mean you have to advertise that lack of knowledge to all and sundry through your god awful commentary. And just ah, oh, you just look at him. He's just a smarmy, pretentious little schmuck. Since we're on the line of uh, piss poor Melbourne. Journalists, so to speak, in inverted yeah, commas. I've told you this before. Being, can't see the air quotes. Being, uh, <laughs> being forced down her throat. So I've got to serve for Mr. John Ralph, oh. which is exactly what I do whenever I hear one of his stupid comments coming forward. Run to the John and Ralph. <sighs> Yeah. My God, but he went to an all-new time higher when they were doing the West Coast Roundtable. I think I've mentioned this to you before. Apparently, Jack Watts is a better player than Nick Nadanui <laughs> because Jack Watts finished 10th in Melbourne's best and fairest and Nadanui finished 9th in the Eagles' best and fairest. <laughs> I still don't understand. <laughs> I still don't understand that. Does he not Does he not read numbers in the same way that we do, that us humans do or something? Yeah, and, and, yeah, on two fronts. Nine is generally better than ten, yeah. both when we're talking about positions in fairest and best or positions on the ladder. Yeah. Or in this case, it would have been nine compared with, you know, 17. Yeah. But, yeah, apparently being being tenth in the best and fairest uh, in a club that's 17th is a greater achievement than... Uh, be ninth in uh, in the one that's ninth, and who had a Brownlow medalist to compete with yeah. as well. That's that sort of caliber of player. Well, and the guy who should have been the uh, Australian the Australian, yeah, yeah, who won it. Um, but uh, I mean, along similar lines too. There's there's a there's a a, a cycle, a circle of life, so to speak. <laughs> It seems to come whenever Hack Watts plays a bad game. All of a sudden, you get ex-Melbourne footballers who come out and bag Nat Nui. Happened again this week with David Schwartz. For God's sake, guys, where, do you, where are you going to get it around your thick skulls that you made a bad pick? 
and you can't deal with it. I mean, it, it sums up everything about the Melbourne Football Club of, say, that 2008 to 2014 period. Mm. Just complete and utter delusion. Yeah. Look, <laughs> my take on it is just look at what, what Jack Watts has done in his career. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let, yep, let, that, that was long yeah. enough. <laughs> you don't need, don't need just, just look around, there's nothing there. Yeah. I mean, to yeah. put it into perspective, Nick Nat would be the starting ruckman of probably 16 AFL clubs. Mm. Uh, Jack Watts would probably struggle to start in four or five. Yeah. A handful. Yeah. No. I, I've, I've just got no time for him at all. But I think he's one of the most overrated footballers in the history of the league. And nobody rates him. So that just shows you how... <laughs> <laughs> That's how overrated he is. That's how bad he is. That's how garbage he is. No one rates yeah. him and he's still overrated. But no, I take your point on John Ralph. And there are so many like that. Yeah. So many in the AFL. Just complete no-name... You know, no-name... It's, people with yeah. with no journalistic credibility whatsoever. To, the, it's it's yeah. I mean, Mark Duffield must scratch his head, but it, these guys who are just completely and utterly mediocre, and that's being generous, mm. who happen to you know hit the lottery just purely because of where they're based. And who was the, who was the former Carlton player who had a red hot go at Ralphie on Twitter? Oh. I'm trying to remember who it was. It was so John Ralph had given him a servo or something, and this yeah. guy just fired back big time. I can't remember if it was Mitch Robinson. Yeah, I'm probably thinking, was. I'm thinking it might have been top yeah, thing but, Mitch Robinson. Anyway, it's worth. There's a there's a great um, on Big Footy. We'll give Big Footy a plug. I was uh, checking yeah. out a few of the comments on there on, on Friday hour because I hadn't I hadn't looked at it for a couple of months. So I figured I'd uh, yeah just knocked off a report. Quite, had about a, a couple of hours left to go on the day. And I thought, just 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 say uh, for the record, I'd rather grab a random big footy person and yeah, than John Ralph or yeah, yeah, John Ralph the the Barry Hall or Cameron yeah. Mooney or I'll, or uh, Dwayne fucking Russell <laughs> as he's known on Big Footy. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> could be a few of them. Be there. careful, that could be the fire starter. <laughs> oh, but, you joined us late. <laughs> Dwayne Russell's a fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> Which he says every sort of Apparently, there was a game the other day where, with about eight seconds left to go, he gave it the "If you've joined us late." <laughs> It's like, if you've joined us late, the game's over. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't read the score yeah. in the top left-hand box, which, yeah. given it's Fox this year, oh, and they're this, stupid we'll little... We'll straight into that. Yeah. The football this year is brought to you by the Isosceles Triangle. <laughs> Seriously. Isosceles. It's just awful. Great name for a kid. <laughs> I'm first seven. But, <laughs> but that is just... Te- what have they done? What was wrong with the graphics from last year? This constant need to keep tinkering with everything yeah. rather than just, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The graphics well, I mean, half this the, year are just terrible. Half the times you can't work out what the colours are. No, and half I the mean, times I, they're wrong. Like, I shudder to think. I shudder to think what the Eagles Richmond game's going to look like <laughs> later this year. Yeah. <laughs> for, but for a couple of teams, like the 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 colour that's only a tiny part of their of their strip gets given the the big triangle, and yeah. the little triangle is devoted to a colour that's the major part of their strip. 
just basic errors. These stupid triangles. No, just no. No more with the triangles. So while we're on the topic of uh, complete, yeah, Ralphie, Ralphie, he <laughs> makes us Ralph. Uh, yeah, I think we were just mentioning the big footy thread on him. There is some gold in there, but it's it's pretty much on spec right from the opening post. <laughs> yeah. If you just do OP, King Elvis, who is actually a really good big footy poster yeah. across the border. I do love a lot of the way that he says, I do love the way he, he goes, goes about around. it. So brave. <laughs> so brave with Darcy style. Um, but his, uh, his comment is, why are we meant to care what this dickhead has to say? <laughs> <laughs> Journalists start celebrities. He's, yeah, he's just bang on spec. Yeah. Now, for, if, from memory, if you scroll down, I'm pretty sure he's got something good later on on the, that same The Tom Waterhouse of Journos? <laughs> yeah, but then... Yeah. As someone points out, Waterhouse actually knows something about yeah. anything, whereas John Ralph certainly doesn't seem to give that impression at all. Ralph typifies Melbourne. Juno's claiming relevance to our national game. He wouldn't know about the non-Victorian clubs and spruiks a very Melbourne view of the game, just like his boss. His boss, of course, being Slobo. I think his boss would have been Demetrio at the time. Well, no, but... Slobo. He's a Herald Sun boy. No, okay. He's been a Herald Sun man for a long time. Okay. He starts off forthright and opinionated, but when confronted, he often backs off and even agrees with the other person. Yeah, a complete numpty. And yeah. speaking of the nickname and everything, Brad Johnson called him out on that, which was absolute gold. And uh, I, I do like the paraphrasing that um, the Happy Eagle, when he was summing up the, uh, the, the thing, basically said, you are full of shit, Ralphie, you blogger. <laughs> Paraphrased. Which was pretty much what he, which, yeah. what he said. And David King then went in as well. And you, when you're getting served by David King, you know you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. King basically yeah. said... King's pulling rank. Yeah, King basically said, I bet the midfielders love Nat Nui because he gives them silver service when he's on song and he cops all the blame when they're not playing well. <laughs> yeah. Which is 100% true, by the way. But, yeah... Um, Yes, no, very on spec. Yeah, but I, I'm just quickly going to see if I can find some more gold about Ralph. <laughs> I'm sure there was another one from uh, King Elvis on there. Yeah, yeah here we go. <laughs> this tosser is <laughs> clueless. <laughs> clueless yeah. fucked out is how I read that. But... Basically, just said he wants Essendon to have lots of soft tissue with him. Oh, and he, he was he was also the one who, if you scroll right to the end, basically any... they said that John Ralph was saying. Oh, the silver lining to the cloud of Richie Benno's illness was that it gave journalists plenty of time to write their obituaries about him. Oh. And then the responses to that were just basically, who the fuck says that? And are you fucking kidding? That's disgraceful. Is there any pile of muck this pillock hasn't raised? <laughs> nice use of the word pillock. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice touch. He's a big, he's a big sook. I tweeted him that Pickers, Dr. Turf and Hutchie were ripping him a new one a while back on off the bench over something he wrote in The Hun when the age changed over the tabloid side. So he blocked me, but funnily enough, not then. Every time I hear him on SCN, I imagine a petulant little twat. <laughs> and you wouldn't be far off the truth. Yeah. Brings nothing to the table, so therefore belongs at Channel 7. <laughs> <laughs> Robbo would disagree. Robbo's the biggest dickhead of the lot. Oh. They, not sure I'm off imagining things, but at the start of the season, Fox had him on the panel in the studio doing pre-half post-game shiz, but lately they seem to be only crossing to him somewhere else. I know Mark Rashido thinks he's a twat, so I'm wondering <laughs> if some of the other ex-footballer types decided they didn't want to sit on a desk with the moron either. 
He has a face for radio. <laughs> yes, but see, this is just the t- sort of type, the t- just the type of person. Oh God! There's a blown up picture of him. So I just rapped in my mouth looking at that. He's just oh. the type of person who, in any other sport in the world, would have zero relevance, zero prospects, and zero hope of actually keeping his job. Only in the AFL does someone as completely no name, no talent, and no credibility actually manage to have a job. Uh, yeah. Tesseract broke down the uh, the Ralphie thing before, which was gold as well. Is this John Ralph or Ralph Wigan? <laughs> and then later on, when he was making other comments, he said, "He said, Quag is my favourite nom nom." <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, very yeah. Nice. just a loser. It's hard to tell which way he's looking when one eye is up and the other is down. He has no shame. Uh, what else do they do? They say? Spits out reactionary crap without thinking, so he must be an AFL journalist. Yeah, yes, that. Yeah. Ralph is on the Maguire media payroll, yes, no surprises. The worst part about Ralph is not just his shit opinions, but the fact that he backs down on that opinion as soon as it's questioned. He must have lots of carpet burn on his knees to get to where he is. <laughs> <laughs> The, yeah, here you go. He said on Fox Sports News press box that the silver lining to Richie Benno's death was that he'd been deteriorating for several weeks and the journalists had time to write their obituaries. <sighs> which, there was some response to that, responses to that which were on spec too. Uh, Just, yeah. I think, I think it's quite... Yeah. Who actually says that? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's from Richie Benno, the gold class of commentator, to John Ralph. Only in the AFL. The shit stain of commentators. Yes, the Ralph stain. <laughs> yeah, the Ralph stain. <laughs> Pay the man, John Ralph, the Ralph stain. Well, and just just so I, I mentioned David King there before and took a bit of a swipe at him. David King, the everybody has to know where they're at philosophy. Well, David King, you need to know about the West Coast Eagles a little bit more because you're a, your statement at the start of the year that uh, the Eagles will be struggling because their captain, Josh Kennedy, is out for the year. <laughs> Yeah. There are so many things wrong with that statement that I'm not quite sure where to begin. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, 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 well, let's just tackle the two most obvious ones. <laughs> he's One, not the captain. <laughs> yeah. One, he's not the captain. Shannon Hearn is the captain. And two, uh, Eric McKenzie's out for the year, not Josh Kennedy. Now, they're yeah. quite opposite ends of the ground, in case you haven't noticed. And also three, which I'll just throw in there. Kennedy kicked ten goals last week. <laughs> Kennedy's been on fire so far this year. You'd think you would know the difference between a full forward and a full back. But no. Yeah. Apparently not. Apparently not, no. Again, only in the AFL. Yeah. ESPN, you are ruining my life one website at a time. For starters, you have shat all over the Crick Info site now. It is god awful that. It takes oh. forever to load. There's just videos up the wazoo. You can't actually find anything anymore. Then yeah. the, uh, the they've just reskinned the main page in a similar way, which is equally as frustrating. Then videos the... automatically start whenever you click on a link. It's horrible. I don't want to load videos, particularly if I'm watching it, if I'm looking at it at work or at my, or, or you know, on my home PC, which is pretty slow to begin with. Having these videos just shit all over my bandwidth is not what I'm after. But then there's, there was also one of the sites I used on my phone to um, check the live scores for the soccer and that. That's completely rooted this year as well, so it's not showing me any of the scores. But the big one, 
the footy tips site. Footy tips have sold their soul to the devil for their association with ESPN. For starters this year, no fantasy comp, no trivia comp, which they had had over the last few seasons and were some of the best aspects of the site. Yep. Secondly... Top, top 1%, the two years I yeah. did it. Secondly... coming. The, um... The... Uh, you can switch off the betting odds on the tipping site, which I always try and do so that I'm not influenced by who is the favourite. Well, this year when you switch off the betting odds, do you know what happens? They switch them off for the flexi as well. Now, the flexi is based on the betting odds. You have to show the betting odds for the flexi. You can't do it without the betting odds. So essentially, if you want to play flexi this year, which I do, you have to have the betting odds shown. And I've already had several games this year where I've, t- where I've tipped wrong solely on the back of who the favourites are. And I've, in the past, I wouldn't have been influenced by the odds. But now this year, because I'm playing the flexi, I have to. And that and the, the layout of the site is yeah. dreadful. There's white space galore. There's all these videos up the side. In terms of trying to link to a competition or, a, you know... Yeah, a, it's a, hard a, to work a out. the homepage. Exactly! William understands where I'm going with this. It is just dreadful. And all it is, is I know, because ESPN have said, oh, we'll pay you $20 million for us to buy out the site because we're trying to own every single sports site on the planet. Well, you might own all of them, but you're fucking all of them over. You, you forgot to add the, uh, the great thing that they've done this year, which is the expansion of all the information... <laughs> Oh, yeah! Every game seems to only oh, be the first. That's unbelievable. The the form guide. Yes. The form guide. My God, it is dreadful. And every time, if you actually click on it, it opens it up and it's like, oh, look, here's the form guide to the first game of the round again. That's the ninth time I've seen it on this page. Jeez, would it be possible for them to show the form guide for the other games? No, apparently not. Awful. Just awful. <laughs> Just uh, trawling my way through the Dwayne Russell thread, which is... Dwayne uh, fucking Russell, I believe, to use the yeah. official title. In 3D. <laughs> In, yeah, we, we're high def, but uh, just, just you, you made the comment about the great man, Richie. I don't think we've actually recorded anything since his death. No. But uh, I always loved his comments about tragedy and disaster. Yeah. I always have a buggy, a bee in my bonnet about paying the ultimate price as well. But yeah, uh, you know Richie's comment about you never say that's a tragedy or a disaster. The Titanic, the Titanic was, was a tragedy. tragedy. Yeah. The Ethiopian yeah. drought was a disaster, and neither bears any relation to a drop catch. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, paying the ultimate price is the one that always gets me. So Dad and I always have a laugh about paying the ultimate price. It's like, was it the ultimate price death? <laughs> So it's like the ultimate price. You, you, you turn the ball over and you, what happens? You get struck by lightning oh. or something. A worse one was during the West Indies England one the other day. Um, when oh, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was one of the lesser West Indies commentators. But Bish was right onto him because he's, they said, well, not they said two things which both sort of get my goat. One, he said he was batting for his life. Which is bad enough. But then, yeah. then he added the word literally onto the end of that. <laughs> it's hard to know where to begin. And, and uh, yeah, Ian Bishop went, literally? Really? <laughs> so he was calling around it straight away. And the Bish is actually a very good cricket commentator. Yeah. I'll give him that. But that, yeah, that's, that's another one. But I, I find, yeah, Bish in particular is very dry. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And coupled with the accent, it's... Yeah. it's yeah. And um, there was one game, and this is when I knew he was going to be a good commentator, was when um, it was the West Indies versus Sri Lanka, and the Windies needed 10 runs to win off the last two balls, and they won it with a six off the last ball. And his call of that game was absolutely spot-on perfect. Someone who was getting excited, calling it, yeah. was clearly, you know, happy about the result, but didn't come off as a as a pom-pom-waving fanboy, to use the expression I've often used now to describe Ian Healy and, and Michael Slater and those sorts of guys. Just good, calm, control call. Yeah. In, in, this, in this day of uh, John Ralph and Triple H and all these other calls, it's good to see we do have the occasional... Competent commentator. That's all out there. Yeah, I've just had a reminder from the Dwayne thing about another thing that pisses me off. The, they said that the way that Dwayne recites the resume of his co-commentators throughout the game is cringeworthy. The only thing that made me cringe more, fucking Eddie Maguire would always refer to Dermot Brereton as a five-time day premiere and a five-time night premiere. Who gives a shit how many nighttime <laughs> premierships he won? Exactly. Is yeah, where's the you know, how is that where's relevant to there? anything? Yeah. No one cares about night premierships, Eddie. Yeah. Except for maybe Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. I I did have to laugh when Ed and Doob's total fucktard of a show got the boom. Oh, after yeah. <laughs> after one big season in footy. <laughs> oh, geez, I tell you what, there's nothing more funny. We I remember we played uh, we be the Eagles. Not that I'm a member of the Eagles or anything. Well, I'm a literally a member, but I don't Keep play for the club. <laughs> I don't play for the club. Put it that way. But yeah. when uh, the Eagles beat Collingwood last year, the that was the last game before that show started. Oh, the look on Eddie's face for the first 60 odd seconds was absolute gold. Oh, oh, they look like somebody had shit in his sandwich. Crying and they the probably inside. had. <laughs> it was probably dirt. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like the sort of bloke who'd mistake a sandwich for a toilet. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. But, uh... <laughs> I took shit in Eddie's sandwich and it was great. <laughs> What so, well, speaking every sentence as though it's the most profound observation in the history Watching of football. Eddie, take time. Take that mouthful <laughs> of my shit sandwich. <laughs> and just watching him chew it ever so daintily. It, it was before he went to John Ralph. <laughs> it was sensational. Uh, good times. I keep working my way through the Dwayne Russell commentary, and, and seriously, this thread is gold. Yes, it is. Um, looks like a serial killer. <laughs> well, it does kill a lot of goes with his commentary. Actually, I believe if you scroll down, there's a freaky-ass picture of him, or somewhere after that, there's a picture of him. Sm- yes, that! <laughs> my God! We should post that on Twitter, actually. We'll post that on the Blokepod Twitter feed. That is one of the scariest pictures I've ever seen. I, I, I think the next two replies were just, that's a scary face, bro. <laughs> yes, awful. Just awful. Uh, we won't get into it. <laughs> when the game was reasonably close in the first half, it was like hearing a Premier League style fan zone commentary. He <laughs> uh, doesn't attempt to withhold his jizz for Port and Geelong. 
He also said Geelong's premiership windows to open. He was pathetic today, just like every other day that ends in a white. <laughs> so while we're talking about Big Footy, there was one thread, I didn't get a chance to actually go into it, but the title of the thread was something along the lines of, has the need obsession slash obsession with stats and analysis killed the commentary of the game? And I would, in many respects, I would argue that yes, it has, because they're so obsessed with finding finding these gems, these, you know, diamonds in the rough of uh, stats and insights and everything else that they don't just call the fucking game anymore. Yeah, you know, there's a comment during the, the Carlton Eagles game. I can't remember what the, 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 the second one was. I think that Baz, the snoz man, basically said that there were, there were more Levi's than there were Clems or something like that. I think that's what it was. God. Playing in the AFL that year. Like, who gives a shit? I think that the issue is more about it's they have when you it's the the cricket problem as well. When you have too many people sitting in the box doing the commentary, not this one plus one, which is the way it should be. When you're having four yeah. or five people in there, people are just trying to think of something smart or something funny to say, so that they get more of a chance to say something smart or something funny. Yeah, and they talk across points, and the way that they that they, everybody tries to make the distinction between themselves and other one else is pulling out ridiculous things like that. Who cares how many Levi's and how many Queens are playing? <laughs> Tell me something about the game. Add to the experience that I have. Or Otherwise, not, not even do that. what Richie just used to do and sh- shut the fuck up. Yeah. But just, you're, you're absolutely right on that other point too about the one plus one. You know, they used to call the football with two commentators. Two! Two commentators. One caller and one, I guess you'd say the colour commentator. The, or the special comments man. That was all that was required. Nowadays, well, as as Dave Archer has said a few times, he's looking forward to the day when you have to actually scroll onto a second page of the commentators in the box because there's that many of them. You've got seven or eight these days as a matter yeah. of course. Now, granted, I know as more former, former players, you know, retire and need a job, we're going to have to find roles for more of them, but... But why? Why do we need this many commentators? The yeah. ones we've got are bad enough. Why do we need to continually have more, more, more in there? Yeah, no, a very, very good point. And, and that's to go the back issue. To a point I've made a number of times. Before. But more, to, but adding to that as well is is that so why is the media the obvious answer? So why why do they even bother having journalist courses <laughs> at at universities and the like? Because. You've stolen These the words right out of my mouth. Job. I know I've made this point before, but th- there are hundreds of people graduating fr- from universities and TAFE and other institutions with journalist um, degrees or qualifications every year in this country, and they can't get a job because of this whole jobs for the boys mentality and the idea that someone who's played the game is just obviously going to be a hundred times better caller than someone who actually knows something about journalism. Mm. And Richie's a really good example of that, actually, because when he first got um, when he first got tapped on the shoulder to start doing this thing, the first thing he did was start taking journalism courses and making sure he was actually qualified and knew something about calling the game in that regard. Whereas nowadays, blokes like Luke Darcy and those other flogs, they wouldn't do a second of research or preparation or anything like that. They would just expect their general knowledge and the fact that they played the game X number of years ago to be enough to get them through. Yeah. That's disgraceful. And it's, yeah, and you, the the thing that, and the funny thing that it never really dawned on me until this whole drug supplement Essendon thing, which is a whole other story, 
came into the white is how many absolutely mediocre Essendon footballers are in the media these days? Welshie. Andrew Welsh, <laughs> Scott Lucas. Like, um, Mark McVeigh was probably oh, the funniest oh, one of yeah. all. No, just vitamins, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> vitamins that you kind of still doesn't know what the hell they were. Yeah. They're all just terrible. Yeah. But no, the, the Welshy one always reminds me of the uh the Futurama episode where no fan has gone before. Where um Star Trek the the cast of Star Trek had this additional character called Welshy. And I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but essentially the one who's organised or ends up just killing Welshie and then electrocuting his body several times throughout the course of the episode. That's yeah. what I'd like to do to Andrew Welsh, because I think then he'd have some chance of actually being a better commentator than he is now. Welshie! <laughs> Hate that guy. <laughs> what about Tom Smiles Harley? Oh, <laughs> Every time you hear him talk, he just sounds like he's got this massive grin on his face. <laughs> I read that about after I think the second game of commentary you'd done and it's still true today. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say. I'm smiling as I say this too. (laughs) You can probably hear it. I sound like Tom Harley. (laughs) Better get some Swiss into you. Maybe Essendon should have got some Swiss into him. Yeah. Well, maybe they did in amongst everything else. What's your take on that whole... uh, James Hurd still has a job. I fucking knew it. <sighs> in hindsight, we shouldn't have been surprised when the AFL decided two days before the season started that they were going to make an announcement. Mm. But uh, but you told me, you I remember you sat there on that couch and said, no, James Hurd will lose his job and he'll make it all the sweeter when it finally happens. You lied to me! <laughs> well, I'm hoping for the water takedown. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, William gets it. He's whining away. But much in my usual vein of of uh, podcasting. I am seriously hoping that Wada take this on because it was pretty obvious. There was no point of Sada challenging this because it was only going to go to the AFL body. Yeah. But I, I, just uh, in, in a simple logic contest, now one of the things that Dank has been charged and convicted of under the Asada Act at the moment is importing illegal drugs to the Essendon Football Club. Now, if he's done that, how on earth is other yeah. saying that they haven't and, been injected? And this it? is the thing. The, the AFL stance on all of this was, well, we can't prove it was TB4, but here's the thing. He imported what he believed to be TB4. He gave that to Alavi to mix. Alavi mixed it. It was then injected into the players. Oh, but we can't prove it was TB4. But here's the thing. Isn't that intent to cheat? <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't it irrespective of that? I mean, the end of the I day, the specifics over exactly which substance it is. Yeah. Don't they take a backseat to the, oh, so you were trying to run an illegal drugs regimen? Basically. Yeah. I, I can't remember who it was, but there's a VFL guy who copped two years for importing powder that's illegal without actually ever having consumed it. It was actually intercepted by customs before it got to him. And he copped two years. Straight out. Sad. Cop two years. Sad cop. 18 months for for taking a substance, which I still don't know how this is possible. You can take any time you want except for on game day. Yeah. uh, Ryan Crowley is going to get 18 months. Ryan Ryan Crowley's career is over because of that. Yeah, Ryan Crowley's going to get thrown to the Wolves. The two Collingwood boys, Lockie Keith and Josh Thomas, are going to get thrown to the Wolves. And the AFL will turn around and say, we're tough on drug users. Yeah. 
Unless oh, you have been wearing cl- an Essendon Apart jumper. from that club that was, yeah, you know, yeah. that whole illegal supplements thing. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Nothing to see here. You know, Ben Cousins, nothing to see here. Oh, yeah. Things are disgraced. Yeah. And, uh, again, we, we said the same thing about the shit-ass commentators. Only in the AFL. Yeah. Only in the AFL. Well, this happened. the cold... I mean... We're all entitled to our opinions, and my opinion on this matter is is that clearly the only reason why the AFL have done this is they're just is in the in the they've got their necks they're up to their necks in it just yeah. as much as Essendon Football Club is basically. So and they they probably did cost benefit analysis here. It's like well look if we find them not guilty, Dank's going to sue us. If we find them guilty, the club, the players, all these people, the sponsors. Yep. They're all going to come after us. an 18th team, so we won't yeah. get the nine games around, which means yeah. the TV rights deal will probably fall through. Yeah, the, the, betting, the betting agencies yeah. will come after us because... Yeah, it, it's that, best just to pretend yeah. that nothing happened. You know, it's, it's better to pay Dank a million than to potentially have to pay a hundred times that. So... It's an embarrassment. And it, it's sad that we sit here and we say that and we think like that, but the, the problem is, is that it's probably not that far from the truth. No. And that's what sucks. Is there's being th- cynical and then there's just <laughs> being re- realistic. Realistic, yeah. Yeah. And sadly, it seems that the, the two of them are very heavily intertwined. Reality bites. In the past, we've uh, we've had a few discussions about overacting on TV ads. I remember the... Uh, the RSC Boomgate was uh, was one that featured the uh, Woolworths one. Wow, that's cheap. <laughs> that was there yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, I've got a new contender. Oh yes. Have you seen the perfect drinks ads on Foxtel? The no. the app thing where it's a little scale where people basically mix alcoholic drinks. I have not seen oh, this. When you see it, you will know what I'm talking about. The guy on the ad. There's two. There's two people who feature quite heavily for me. The guy on the ad who's pouring the drinks is probably the best one. His facial expressions are so ridiculously over the top. It's quite. It's hilarious to watch. And then there's uh, there's at the start of the ad there's uh, there's a lady sitting down sipping on a drink, and the face she pulls, which is meant to to basically show disgust <laughs> at how the drink itself tastes, it's just over the top funny. He pulls a couple of the... I, I actually tried to find it on YouTube to put it up on the bloke pod Twitter feed. Not there I yet. couldn't find no. it. And I was so disappointed <laughs> because... Oh, the, oh yeah, it's, it's hilarious. It's a shame you haven't seen it to talk about it. But you, when you see it for the first time, right. you'll know exactly we'll, what I'm we'll talking about. back then. Yeah. Perfect drinks. It's, it's hilarious. And any of you who have seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Oh. I'll see you there. <laughs> I'm going to say, the AFL has become less watchable than ever this season because all it is now, there's there's no set position players at all. It is just a rolling scrum. Yeah. So, the number of goals, that Melbourne-Richmond game in particular, the number of goals where there were just turnovers... Balls kicked long and then guys running into open goals. It happens all the time. I'm sure they have to legislate so that there are a number of players within each set of 50 arcs at a time just so that there are players there. Because nowadays what happens is as soon as there's a turnover, players get the ball and they've got no one in front of them. You can just see the entire 18 players on the field from both sides just running to whichever end they think the ball is about to go to. 
And it just makes it very, very boring to watch. Well, I think the weather often plays a bit of a role in that, but I'm going to say it's unwatchable for completely different reasons than we touched on earlier. The Essendon things just pissed me off completely. I used to watch probably five or six games a week. I'm struggling to watch like two or three Mm. at the moment. I just don't have any interest in it anymore. Usually I watch a lot of the pre-season to work out what the hell to do with my fantasy footy team. Which I've that which hasn't I've really helped this year. This year I I haven't watched and it's probably done me a fair bit of good. Oh, we think... will give a quick shout out to Dave Archer who yeah. at the start of this Number round was seven. in seventh place overall, including the second best in WA and the second best Frio fan. I'm just going to say him clearly, aside, clearly not doing much work on the mind side. <laughs> no, but he said his actual comment was pretty similar to what you just said. I have done no research or no work this year. I haven't thought about my team at all and just gone on instinct. Must be working. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. Good advice. But, um, but e- either, that or, either that or everybody else is equally as ticked as we are. Yeah. Yeah, not paying attention. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. Uh, I mean, look, um, the Sydney Swans of the 2000s are really to blame for that. Yeah. And it's actually funny because they're one of the teams that doesn't really play that kind of style as much as perhaps some of the other teams do. No. But, um, I mean, look, the problem is, is that that's kind of how inferior teams try and scrap a win. It's to the classic uh, bring the game down to our level and then beat you due to experience type scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sad. And I think at the same time, the thing that worries me more is, is that the... The flair of the game's kind of been stripped yes. out of it at the same time. Is that, you know, the people who do the exciting things is that it just doesn't happen and anymore. I think that because, that's because a lot of the time they were key forwards, whereas now yeah. there's no role for a key forward anymore. Mm. Because, like, Gary Ablett Sr. wouldn't succeed in this modern game because he wouldn't be stationed in the forward 50 with a fullback opponent playing on, on him the whole time. Yeah, and, well, not just that. He said he'd give away eight free kicks a game for pushing yeah. guys in the middle of the back. Yeah. But, yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, Mick Moldhouse quite rightly copped a lot of criticism round two Carlton Eagles for not putting a guy in front of Kennedy. But that's the thing. Like, every other team, that's exactly what they would have done. Kennedy kicked six goals in the third quarter and it took him five goals oh, to think... It took him five to think, oh, actually, I should probably put somebody in front of him mm. here. Just, yeah, it's, it's it amazing. It just makes the game boring to watch. And it's yeah. all just defensive, tactical, trying to, as you say, yeah, trying to scrap out a win. Yeah. Rather than actually good, hard, honest, running, interesting to watch, attractive football with flair. I mean, I just want to get on to the Mick Malthouse thing as well, given that he's actually going to be breaking a record very, very soon. Mick Malthouse is arguably the most overrated coach in the history of the AFL. Mm. Got two premierships at the West Coast when they could have coached themselves to the flags. One, one and at then finally managed he's, to get one he's at been, yeah. after they should have probably won two or three. He spent probably 25 years at the best resourced clubs in the league. Mm. For a total of three premierships, Alistair Clarkson's been coaching probably probably not quite ten years yet. He's won three premierships. Yeah, yeah. has won three. Clarkson's won three. So how can Malthouse be considered that good? The other thing that always astounds me is they're saying, well, the situation with Carlton now, Carlton are in a situation where they're probably going to need to do a rebuild, and Malthouse is the perfect coach for that. 
The funny thing is, is that that was probably the biggest criticism Eagles supporters had of Malthouse was that he refused to develop any of the young <laughs> players. So to the point whereby when Ken Judge took over, he had about 10 guys on his list that he had to work out if they were any good or not because they'd never played a game. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, I, I don't get the love for Malthouse. And, you know, it's coupled with that. He's a, he's a surly prick. Yeah. <laughs> and he should cop a hell of a lot more crap from journos than he does. Yeah. For the way that he responds. It's like, well, Mick, if you want to be an asshole, don't be surprised if we write negative things about you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, if you if you rolled up to a press conference and said, well, Mick, based on the performance of your team that was supposedly gunning for a premiership in 2012, at least, you know, 2012, 2013, at least mm. that was what the club was saying and that was why you came on board. The fact that they're where they are now, does that suggest that the game's passed you by? I think that that would be a reasonable question to ask. What type of response do you reckon you get from Mick the Prick? I think it would just enforce that nickname which you just gave him. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I don't get the love for him that, that's out there. There's, He's old school and not the real feral kind. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a there's an NFL philosophy which I think is really, really interesting, which is they talk about the 55 club is that basically once a coach gets past 55, they can't realistically put in the hours that it, that's required to effectively coach the team because it's just too much on... It, the physical mm. toll is just too great. And a mix, mix, I think he's 61. Mm, yeah. So, I think it's, and you know, as I think about it, I think that that's a pretty, pretty, re, pretty fair and pretty realistic measure. There haven't been too many successful coaches particularly in recent times anyway, who, who who would be over that 55 mark. Yeah. So I was just going to throw Robert Walls' name into the mix just to see what kind of reaction that got from you. Well, Robert Walls had suggested be Bolt House just as a run of the run. Yeah. That'll sort out all these problems. Robert Walls would say Bolt House is running to the right. Yeah. <laughs> Carry out our theme of bad commentators. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so Robert, uh, your page being analyst of this. So, what do you think of uh, this particular thing? Well, actually, I didn't watch that game, <laughs> but I think this. It's like, well, if you didn't watch a game, how can you comment on it? Well, because I'm Robert Walls. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on him. At your request, I uh, I went and found the uh, the John Ralph, and it was Mitch Robinson who gave him oh, the okay. whack. So, kudos to you for uh, yeah. for spotting that. Nice work. Do you want to hear the? Uh, the repartee between the two. The scintillating. Scintillating repartee. Yeah. John Ralph, uh, got to be a link between guys who rate themselves as boxers and whack guys on the field. First Mitch Robinson, now Ty Vickery. So it would have been uh, in response to um, Tyrone Vickery smashing Dean Cox last year, yeah. I would imagine. Don't, I don't remember the Mitch Robinson incident, but I don't, don't think it would have been anywhere near as bad mm. as the Vickery no. one. Um, Mitch Robinson... Although Mitch Robinson's whack was probably on John Ralph, <laughs> yeah. in all fairness. Uh, has to be a link between people who couldn't play sports, so resorted to journalism. Sound familiar? Was it one of the comments that uh, John Ralph was just hit with an uppercut of the truth? Yeah. <laughs> I like the one better get some savoy on to him because he just got burned. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, yeah. It makes a good point. It's like, well... There's, there's reporting and then there's... yeah. One of the things that really shits me about journalism is opinion guised as fact. Mm. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's that's opinion. Make it clear that that's your opinion. Don't just sit there and say, well, obviously this is because of who I am. I can say whatever the hell I want. No, you can't. Yeah. And, you know, good on Mitch Robinson for calling him out for stuff oh, like that. Bullshit. Yeah. So, in summary? Uh, that's what I'd like to see more of, though. Yeah. Is, is guys actually getting called out for some of the wank that they report and they say in commentary. Yeah. Because there's that much of it. There should be more critique and um, abuse of it. <laughs> yeah. 